You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It was setting up at the beginning of the year to be an interesting game, RJ, but things have surely changed down at Stanford. Give Husky fans a 30,000 view uh, idea of what's going on down at Stanford. 30,000 views is a lot even for me, Kim, um, but I'll, I'll do what I can. Yeah, no, I think um, I think coming into this season, I think Stanford had the widest range in terms of its floor and its ceiling. Uh, than it's had in many, many years. And right now they've been closer to the floor than the ceiling is the reality. Um, and you guys know um, when a season goes off the rails, uh, it's very rarely one singular thing that has contributed to it, and that's kind of the case with Stanford. Um, they've had some recruiting shortfalls, just a ridiculous slew of injuries on the offensive line for the past now two seasons. Um, just to give you some context, last year Stanford had to start eight different offensive line combinations in the 13 games that it played. This year, um, they on Saturday against Washington, for the first time, they will be starting the same group of five players um, from the last game. That hasn't happened all season. Um, so it's been tough. It's been tough to have any kind of continuity on the offensive line. Um, and all the position areas that Stanford, I think, and its fans were concerned about um, have been concerning. Uh, safety, inside linebacker um, have been issues, to say the least. And, you know, add that up with a schedule that is not forgiving um, in any way, shape, or form, uh, whether it be the non-conference or the conference. And you have the start that Stanford's gotten off to. Who's going to start at quarterback for Stanford on Saturday? It's going to be Davis Mills. Um, I think, as I said in your when I sent you guys your know your foe info, that was pretty much the presumption. Coach Shaw made it official yesterday after practice. KJ, um, they shut him down um, for the week um, in terms of throwing, and so um, yeah, it's going to be Davis Mills. So he will start at quarterback, and again, actually, this will be the first time. This will only be the second time all year that Stanford has started uh, the same quarterback in consecutive games. So uh, KJ went in game one, got um, knocked out. Davis Mills played uh, game two against USC, and then KJ was there for UCF and Oregon. And then, of course, Davis Mills took over last week at Oregon State. So um, Stanford will be without its starting quarterback, but it will have a guy that I think well, I know the staff feels very good about, and I think after watching him play against Oregon State, I think a lot of fans feel good about him too in Davis Mills. How big of a drop-off is that from K.J. Costello? I think drop-off in terms of the experience. I think just in terms of, you know, reading defense and having time out there, just Davis Mills hasn't had a lot of chance to do that, frankly. He's been hurt. He got hurt in his final high school game which kind of torpedoed his freshman year. Then at the end of his freshman year, he got hurt again um, in the last week of the regular season. And then he got to come back for game two last year and got hurt again in a mop-up series. So um, he just hasn't had the time. 
Um, as far as what he can do, um, he's he's got all the answers physically. He can make all the throws. He's very clean in the pocket, has good footwork, um, good mobility. Um, mobility in the – he can run and get you the first down. He's not going to get you 80 yards, but he can run and get you the first down. Um, very poised, very calm, cool guy. Um, so drop-off is going to be hard to tell. Obviously, um, he was shakier on the road against USC than he was in Corvallis, and part of that is obviously due to the opponent, but he was dealing with some pretty sticky elements up in Corvallis as well and handled it pretty pretty, pretty good. So, you know, we'll have to see exactly um, going up against a legit defense in Washington. You mentioned the offensive line. That left side of the offensive line for Stanford – that's got to be concerning. It's young. Yeah, no, there's no question. And, you know, Coach Shaw has put a good spin on it every week. Uh, Walter Rouse at left tackle and Barrett Miller at left guard um, have come in and done everything that they can do. Um, you know, obviously they're recruited guys. They're guys that Stanford feels have great futures, and they're very high on them. Um, but nobody should convince you that they are playing right now by design. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, the vast majority of Stanford offensive linemen either redshirt or just spend a year as kind of the extra offensive linemen, the ogre offensive linemen in those jumbo packages. But um, Rouse and Miller are in there. And, you know, as I think, uh, as I think Chris Fetters noticed, um, the two deep is nothing but freshmen, and it's not even five different freshmen. It's basically two different freshmen plus one guy who's already a starter being double listed. So Stanford's going into this game essentially with seven available offensive linemen, um, which is a quite a tight quite a tight rope to be walking uh, going into any game at any point in the season, but certainly um, certainly cause for concern. And you know, it's not like it's not like Rouse and Miller are getting blown up just play after play after play. I mean, Stanford played a good, played a pretty good offensive game on Saturday against Oregon State. Um, but obviously, when you're talking about starting the season with Walker Little, preseason All-American at left tackle, and just having some veteran guys that you had slotted in to start, they've lost every Hamilton um, for this week for sure. Um, and then they'll reevaluate him next week. But they've lost him. They've lost um, some veteran backup guys that they were kind of counting on. And so um, it's dicey, no question, on the offensive line. Foster Sorrell over at right tackle is a guy that Husky fans are definitely familiar with, one of the best offensive linemen ever to come out of this state. Foster, uh, boy, he just hasn't done a whole lot at Stanford. Seems like he's been hurt. Fill people in on what's been going on the last couple of years with Foster Sorrell. Yeah, I think more than anything else, the injuries have slowed him down. Um, it was clear when he showed up, he wasn't quite in the place that Walker Little was in terms of freshmen just being plug and play, ready to go. Um, Walker Little's been the starting left tackle essentially since he walked onto campus. Um, Foster took a little bit more time, but I think they were always very high about him, and I think you would have seen him as the starting right tackle last season had he not gotten hurt. Um, he's had some injuries. He's been in and out of the lineup a little bit this year as well. Um, but he's coming along, and certainly you can see um, why I think, you know, both fans up there and Stanford fans were very excited about him, you know, when his career kind of got started. So he's – it's crazy to think that a guy – I don't I don't even think he's made – 
10 starts in his career yet, but he is uh, part of the veteran presence of the offensive line at this point by virtue just of his played having played in games. Um, so, you know, he's, he, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten to a dominant level of play yet, but I don't think that's out of his reach, um, as he continues to play this season. Another guy on the uh, excuse me, Stanford offense that Washington fans are very familiar with, Connor Weddington out of Sumner High School up here, was one time committed to University of Washington, but looks like Connor is, uh, ha- having himself a nice year down there as well. He really is. And, you know, he had in the last game, he had a 43 yard kick return at the very end of the game that really kind of set up Stanford for that winning field goal and was just a, you know, great return. You know, he would tell you obviously great blocking, but he's, he's a dude. He's a guy that Stanford has been high on. And, you know, I guess honestly, you could have just recorded me for the first bit and just replayed it because Connor, like Foster, like everyone else we've been talking about has had had kind of a checkered injury history at Stanford. Um, and he was a guy they were looking for big things last year and he got hurt. Um, and so he's healthy now and they are utilizing him. They utilize him a lot, you know, a lot of wide receiver screens, a lot of smoke route, smoke routes. Um, as you guys know, from covering him in high school, he was a running back. The plan originally was for him to shift to running back at one point. I think that's pretty much been scrapped. So, you know, wide receiver is his home and, um, yeah, he's starting to get comfortable and he's starting to kind of do some things on a weekly basis that, uh, that get your attention. Are we going to see the same Stanford offense that we've seen in the past, which is, you know, strong running game, just line it up, smash mouth and uh, throw it up to their big tight end because Stanford's got a good one in Colby Parkinson. They do have a good one in Colby Parkinson and certainly he'll be utilized. He caught one of those, you know, throw it up fade touchdowns last week. But overall, this is a very, very different offense that in some ways is still kind of searching for what works. Um, in terms of the run game, they've, uh, they've not been great. They've not been terrible. It's, it's been, it's been kind of spotty, obviously with the offensive line issues that we talked about. There's been difficulty in establishing the run game. Um, penalties have been an issue, but this isn't the same team. You know, I think even opposing fans could kind of recognize Stanford's signature running play with the, you know, that power run with the pulling guard and just kind of smashing into that, that one hole over and over and over again. Um, those days are gone. And Stanford is a team that's going to show you a lot more inside zone, a lot more outside zone stuff. Um, a lot more variety to the run game, and I don't think they found any one thing where they dominate. I think they found some things that they like, but it doesn't look like the old Stanford team. Now, that being said, certainly they're going to try to run the ball. Certainly they're going to utilize play action and try to take some shots downfield, and certainly Colby Parkinson as a tight end is going to be involved. Um, but this is a little bit different product than I think what most fans are used to seeing from Stanford. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. If you're Washington's offensive coordinator, where do you attack Stanford's defense? Um, I think you got to test their safeties um, because every team has done that so far this year, and the safeties have yet to really pass the test. 
Um, now they are getting some guys back. One player who's going to be back this week is Stu Head. Um, he's a guy who he's a hard hitter, kind of a real smart quarterback of the defense kind of a guy. And he got, he played a little special teams last week in his first week back. I expect him to get a little bit more snaps this week defensively. Um, because Stanford has just had problems. I mean, they've had problems in the secondary overall, but the safeties have been a concern. So, you know, to the extent that you're getting the safeties involved in the run game or the pass game, that's certainly a place, um, that you want to test Stanford. And then on the outside, um, freshman Caillou Kelly has taken over, um, a starting spot at corner and again, broken record, but, um, Stanford feels real, real good about him and his future, but he's a young player and he's learning and he's learning on the job. And so I think if, if you try anything first, if you're Washington, obviously you're going to test the run because you're Washington, but, um, but I expect them to test the Stanford, uh, the Stanford secondary and to test them down the field. Um, and make those guys show that they can do something that they haven't been able to do all year. Tell me a little bit about that defensive line. Uh, better. It's better this year. First of all, um, they've got a legitimate rotation. Um, Stanford has been forced for the last few years to try to make it work with literally two to three defensive linemen available for entire games, um, which, you know, over the course of a season leads to problems and in, inside of a season leads to problems. And they've, I think they've got a four or five man rotation now that they feel good enough about that they can roll some guys in and out. Um, and they've got some veterans. Uh, Mike Williams, um, is a senior, kind of the, the focal point, kind of the big guy in the middle there, number 57. Um, Thomas Booker is a sophomore. Um, he got a couple sacks last week against um, Oregon State, and um, and they feel good about him. So it's better. They've been, I'm not going to say stout, but they've been solid against the run. Um, their issue has been generating kind of a pass rush. Um, when left to their own devices in terms of not blitzing people, it's been tough for Stanford to get to the quarterback. And so um, that's kind of the story there with the defensive line. Washington coming off a big win uh, against USC. What does Stanford need to do to win this game, RJ? So, um, God, I hate to just verbalize the things I gave to Fetters in print, but... Um, that's all right. <laughs> you know, I think I think turnovers, I think winning the turnover battle, and I don't... I, I don't think just not turning it over is going to be enough. I think they're going to need to get one or two extra possessions at Washington's expense um, if they're going to if they're going to score enough to uh, to win this game. Um, I would say again, looking at the self-inflicted wounds. I think coming into the Oregon State game, Stanford had a streak of like I want to say eight, nine, ten drives in a row where at least one play was a negative play on the drive. Um, be it by penalty or tackle for loss, you know, or anything else. And so, you know, minimizing the self-inflicted wounds. And then I would say, you know, Coach Shaw has been clear over and over again that they trust Davis Mills, that this is not a compromised version of the playbook. When he's out there, when he's out there, it's all wide open. Every play is on the table. And um, I think they're going to have to call the game that way. And, that, and what I mean by that essentially is you're going to have to trust Davis Mills because Davis Mills – and your receivers are still your best chance to put up points and do what you need to do to win the game. And so I think if those three things happen, I think Stanford could make it very, very interesting for Washington on Saturday. What kind of attendance are we expecting for the game on Saturday? Ooh, 
Um, <laughs> that says a lot right there. Yeah, no, I mean, it really does. I don't know. How many are you guys traveling? Um, <laughs> the students are back in full force. And so I think that's going to help. I think it's going to feel a little bit more like a home game for Stanford than kind of maybe the Oregon game and certainly definitely the way the Northwestern game um, felt. Um, 7.30, nighttime game. So, you know, you can debate endlessly whether that brings more or less people. Um, but um, put it like this. If it's not a great crowd, I'm not sure when they're going to have a great crowd. You know, top 15 team coming in. Pac-12 North game, you know, I think everyone kind of realizes, I think this is very much kind of a hinge point of the season for Stanford. I think for them to come out and play poorly and struggle against Washington, it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, to get things going in the direction they want if they don't play well on Saturday. So it should be a good, I think it's going to be a better game than most people think. Um, I'm not ready to say Stanford's going to win it at all. Um, and it should be a little bit better crowd than people think. But, you know, that's that's wishful thinking on a Thursday. We'll see what happens on Saturday. All right, finally, for Washington fans coming down around Stanford Stadium within walking distance or just close, give us a couple places to stop by where people can stop, have a beer, burger, whatever, just before the game. So if you're just going nuts and bolts and just want a good, good burger, um, Kirk's Steak Burger, which is on uh, El Camino, um, and Embarcadero, which is actually the street that, that leads you right towards this, right into the stadium, um, is a good place. And then if you're willing to do a little bit of a walk, not that bad. And I've walked around, uh, Mont Lake. There's, there's no problem with walking around there. Uh, Old Pro is your best if you want to catch, um, early games before you head out to, to Stanford Stadium for refreshments, good food, good bar food, really good bar food. Um, and uh, and they've got all the games on, so that's that's kind of the place you want if you want to do that. You you say like walking around like that's the bad area of Palo Alto. No, it's not. It's yeah, fine. no, it's the mean it's, street it's of Palo Alto. If you you know if you Seattle people can brave, you can brave the mean streets. Then, uh, then yeah, the old the old pro is your place. <laughs> the mean streets of Palo Alto next to Stanford, not exactly like the area right around USC. Not exactly the same. Yeah, no, it's slightly, slightly different. Slightly. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more upscale. Yeah, yeah, more Tesla friendly, we'll just say. <laughs> there you go. RJ, thanks for breaking it down for us. Anytime. Thanks a lot, Kim. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.